Ready? Do I look ready, James? Ready, set, question of the day. Hit me. This is James Altucher, <laughs> here with my good buddy, Stephen Dubner. Yeah, it's nice of you to call me your good buddy. Hey, I just crushed you in backhand, so what else am I going to oh, call you? i got to make you feel a little better. So that was a sympathy good buddy. You did um, crush me at backgammon. By the way, how much fun did we have at the live question of the day event doing stand-up comedy for the first time ever? I would say we had, I think the technical term is a boatload of fun. I think it's, I, we were both really scared. I think it's really important to do things as much as possible that scare you or take you out of your comfort well, zone. Well, we talk about this repeatedly. A lot of people talk about this, including, interestingly, you know, the whole pursuit of expertise, of expert performance. One of the key components of that, in addition to deliberate practice and et cetera, et cetera, actually, one of the components of deliberate practice is to take yourself out of your comfort zone. The, the theory being, the argument being that it's really hard to get better at something if you just kind of color within the lines. And that, um, I think and that's that, the benefit of having a coach because you're yeah, not going to right. get out of your to do comfort that for zone yourself. without somebody who's been outside the zone. Well, I got to tell you, I think that was the benefit of you and I being partners in this enterprise is I would have never, never... I could have lived 10 lifetimes, and I would not have gone to Brooklyn in front of a live audience and done stand-up comedy. Oh, my if, God. If we hadn't created this warped challenge where we I dared each so other. I was so scared. Yeah. So the good news is next week we will be running podcasts on this very Question of the Day podcast from our Question Day live uh, event. Are they going to air our stand-up comedy to everybody? I believe air is not the operative verb anymore. I think but it's, they will it's podcast forced. it. Yeah, you'll hear it all. You'll you'll hear selections, the highlights of our question of the day live event, and then the entire unexpurgated, uncensored version. The whole event will run later on the Earwolf Presents channel. This may be then related to that. Related the question, in I have a question brotherly of the day. way and a first cousin twice well, removed well, kind well, of way. You, you decide. So here's a question that someone asked on a little website called Quora.com. How do I learn? To say no. And Stephen, you might have to deal with this quite a bit. Like, let's say someone asks you to a social engagement or someone says, oh my gosh, the Freakonomics writer, can you come speak at my high school or whatever, or come on this TV show or radio, whatever, all the things you're probably asked to do all the time. How do you learn to say no? It's really hard. I don't really know it's, how to do it's it. It's hard. I even wrote the book, The Power of No. <laughs> and I, I I only wrote the book because you only write a book about something I feel because this is something you need to learn yourself. So I had to really study this topic, but it's still very difficult. It is hard. And I think in the beginning, it's so flattering to be asked to do this stuff that, of course, you don't say no to anything. Or at least I shouldn't say of course, but I think a lot of people in the, when they're in the position, you know, I was a writer, still am a writer. And like, uh, you know, you're you're always fighting to, you know, work as hard as you can and get your pieces published. And then all of a sudden, the equation kind of flips. And instead of begging people, would you please let me publish my article or book or whatever? Now it's like, hey, come do this, come do that, come do this. And so the first year or two, you, you say yes a lot. Um, and then you realize that, oh, my gosh, it's been two years since I've done any actual work because I was saying yes to everything to kind of be grateful and be nice that um, that you put your work aside. So at some point, you really need to sit down and look at your life and your family and your business and all that and say, well, what, am, what am I trying to accomplish here? And what I try to do, I, there was a point where I tried to divide up the pie and take like 5% or 10% and say, I'm just going to give that part away to anybody who kind of first asks for it. 
And I realize that... 10% is quite a bit, though. Yeah, you know, it's tithing. It's not really so much. But I, I realize that... Tithing money is different than tithing time. Like, time you can never get back, but money you can make back. You're not wrong, but I felt like... Does that mean I'm right? No, yeah, for the most part. I didn't want to say you're right. It's hard for me to admit after you beat me at backgammon so badly <laughs> today. But I realized that that was a very inefficient way to do first come, first serve. That made no sense. And so what I learned to do was to try to say no to just about everything. But to say no with absolute honesty, which is I'm flattered that you asked. Uh, If I had more time, I would really certainly love to do it. But I have commitments to my family and my work, and so I can't. What if they then come back and say, but I did this for you, or this will really help you, or or they come up with something Well, the this will really help you is the end of the conversation, because I say, I didn't come to you asking for help for me. I'm not looking for help for me. If someone's done something for me in the past and they ask a favor, I always return it. And then, you know, then there are some categories of uh, obligation or favor that I always try to do. Um, I don't always do it, but I try. You know, I've been a writer for a long time now. And my first three, four, five years getting going, it's really hard to break into it, just like it is to break into a lot of things. And a lot of people, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people, a lot of people stomp on your hands as you're trying to climb the ladder, but some really do help. And so, having been helped by people, I try now to help young writers or beginning writers or people starting projects that I think are good whenever possible. But, you know, there just aren't enough hours in the day to do it. And I think that the best way to say no is just to be really frank. And then, you know, try to offer something instead. You know, sometimes people want me to blurb a book. So, if someone wants me to blurb a book, I'll say, you know, I just don't have time to read this book in order to blurb it. But I'll make you a promise, when the book comes out, if I think it's going to be really interesting for my purposes, for writing about or podcast, I'll give it a look then. And then if I can make um, something editorial about it, I'd, I'd much rather do that. So, you know, you try to find ways to say yes while realizing that you really need to say no about 98% of the time. And I struggled with it for a while, but I don't anymore. Where's the gray area? Where are you unsure about saying no? And the reason I ask is there's the flip side of the coin, which is often you create opportunities for yourself when you say yes. So so as an example, Shonda Rhimes, the creator of the TV show Grey's Anatomy and I guess many other shows, she wrote a book uh, just recently that came out. It's a bestseller called The Year of Yes. She had been saying no so much that she decided to do a year of just saying yes to, to many events that normally she would say no to. Now, part of it for her was that she was very shy, and so she was not accustomed to saying yes. But where's the gray area where you don't want to necessarily shut off opportunities for yourself if you're not quite sure how an event is going to be or, or what saying yes means? So my view of that has changed a little bit, influenced by you in a little bit different way. I remember you talking about once in an earlier podcast about how, you know, the best way to, quote, you know, win or get ahead, whatever, is to start by doing things for other people which sounds counterintuitive, but you realize, you know, that whether if you're in a certain kind of business where networking, which is a word I personally dislike a lot, or where, you know, favor doing or quid pro quoing is often practiced, then it's a nice habit to get into is just reaching out first to try to do for other people as you can. And and like I said, you're saying that really did influence me to to some degree, whereas I really, um, I've always tried to be, you know, generally a, a not terrible and fairly helpful person. But um, I, I do um, try to, you know, proactively uh, do good things a little bit more often. But what I will say I don't do is I really don't believe in the um, proactive quid pro quoing. I don't like the idea 
of trying to do something that someone wants in the hopes that it will kind of bounce back to me. I just feel it takes a thing that is not meant to be transactional and makes it transactional. I feel that then there's an expectation hanging over. It feels like, you know, an equation that there's some integer missing and that somebody's got to provide that. And I just don't like it. I really don't like that feeling of incompletion. James and I will have more to say about this in a minute, but first, we have to hear a quick word from our sponsor, Do Not Go Away. Building a website can be tough, and I know it because I used to run a company that made websites for a living. And even if you know your way around coding, which is something I do, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Whether it's for a business site, a portfolio, a restaurant, or whatever else, in this day and age, you probably need one anyway. Well, lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Squarespace provides simple, powerful, and beautiful websites that look professionally designed regardless of skill level, no coding required. Not only does Squarespace provide you with intuitive and easy-to-use tools to create your website with, Squarespace also has state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability. And you know you can trust in Squarespace for your website needs when millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world trust in them also. I've probably built 100 websites in my time, and every single one of them was a nightmare. It's only when tools like Squarespace became available that suddenly within hours or days at the tops, you can make a beautiful, functional, and even profitable website. Seriously, you can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. Squarespace gives you 24-7 online support and a beautiful website. So what are you waiting for? Start a trial, no credit card required, start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code QUESTION to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for Question of the Day. We really thank Squarespace for their support of Question of the Day. Squarespace, you should. All right, here's a question. What if you're invited to a family event, a wedding in Hawaii on July 4th? So it's all going to be a week's worth of travel for you. And Hawaii is, you know, 10-hour plane ride away. What would you do there? You know, your family is the weirdest social unit ever invented because you have potentially nothing in common with them. Potentially you see the world entirely different from them. And yet, by dint of accident of blood, you are bound to them forever, theoretically at least. You can always, you can leave if you really want to. And so therefore, I do look at family relationships as one where I I really try to go above and beyond in terms of doing things that I really don't want to do because I think there's an obligation and a value there. So I would probably, even though I really probably wouldn't want to go to Hawaii, uh, I'd probably figure out a way to try to do it. And then the minute you committed to it, change your mindset. So rather than think about it as an obligation of something that you kind of got cornered into, think about it as this great opportunity of new things and just really put on a totally different mindset and think this is going to be an opportunity to experience a bunch of things I haven't experienced before. It's a one-time shot. Five days seems like a lot right now when I'm looking at a 30-day calendar, but in the scheme of 80 years of life, it's nothing. I never know what's going to happen to me there. I know they have good golf there. Maybe I'll sneak off a bit, find a way to reward yourself. Voila, just went to Hawaii. But when is there a situation where you're really torn, like you're really almost nervous about saying no to the person, and you want to say no, but you're nervous about it? There is a kind of invitation that I get a lot via Freakonomics that is hard to say no to, which are 
professional opportunities or invitations where I know that they're asking me to do it because they think it will be something that's great for me, an invitation to come meet with a certain powerful person or group or go to some place. What's that example, powerful person? You know, government agencies that want you to come in for a closed-door thing. And theoretically, that could be very good for me, right? Theoretically, they want me to come, so that's nice. But that's the kind of thing where I think that is probably a pretty sensible career move. It would take me, you know, a day and a half, let's say, to make the round trip to wherever it is, Langley, D.C., whatever. But that's the kind of thing so I say. to the CIA occasionally. I wouldn't say I haven't been. Homeland meets Freakonomics. And maybe I'm stupid for not doing more of that kind of thing, but I also know myself, and I know that I want to spend most of my days doing my work near my family. And, you know, that might lead to more interesting work, and I'm sure I've made miscalculations, but I also know that that kind of uh, invitation, which is meant to be, again, kind of enticing, I crossed that kind of invitation off the list a while ago. Okay, all right. So, so, and you're able to just say no. How do you say no to that? In that case, I would probably say something like, uh, I'm really flattered. I really appreciate the invitation. And then I'll say something like, um, I'm probably nowhere near as valuable to you as you think I am by extending this invitation. But even if I am, I'm afraid I've just got other commitments that I'm more devoted to or more interested in pursuing right now. Again, I really think honesty is good. And, you know, if somebody writes me with an offer that I really don't like, I'm not going to pretend that, oh, I really wish I could come. I never say, would never say that because that's, you know, just a form of lying and paternalistic gobbledygook. Well, I think this is valuable advice. And not only but that, let me ask you, I think we answered this question, but go, go ahead, ask me. Let me. Well, let me ask you just the same question. Do you feel that you have a hard time saying no to things that in retrospect you wish you'd said no to? I almost always say no to everything, but I don't like disappointing people and mm. I don't like confrontation. Right. So, and I do believe in honesty. So unfortunately, my typical method is to just not respond. <laughs> And that's not the best thing to do to to keep an ongoing relationship. I don't know if that's relationship. so bad, really. I think it may be a pretty. Uh, but that's my typical thing. And the, and the other thing I will say is, just right now, I'm really focused. I always have a commitment to my own writing and creative work. So I'm always and my family, of course. So I always say I've got, you know, X Y Z commitment to this project, and until that's finished, I'm not doing anything. Maybe we can touch base again later, mm. which again is a little bit disingenuous. See, I'll tell you why I don't like to do that. I don't like to a raise a false expectation, and I don't yes. like b to be reapproached because then, like, if you say to someone, "I'm really busy right now," then what's going to happen? And three months later, they're going to say, "Hey, would you like to come and do this project?" Sure. So I'd much rather say, "You know what? It sounds like a nice project, but it's not for me." I find ninety percent of people don't readdress. But you're right. It's not the best way to do it. It's a little disingenuous. And I think saying it's not for me is a good way of saying it also to people who need to turn stuff down. It's not for me. It's a good thing. It's good for you. It's not for me. I find the best, most honest thing is to say, look, I'm really dedicated to this. I'm no longer doing that. Yeah, I think that's a little tricky. If that's totally true, yeah. But then, because then they can say, well, I'm interested in that also. So why don't you come do that instead of this? Well, no, I'm interested in writing in my house. (laughs) And right. never leaving it. Then they'll say, well, what if I just come hang out with you while you write in your Which house? Which happens, by the way. Sometimes people just show up at my door. Okay, so you do have a hard time saying no. I do have a hard time All saying right, no. Let me, let me try to, let uh, me see. Again, uh, I'm the author of The Power of No, Wall Street Journal bestselling <laughs> book. All right, let me see if I can um, help you out a little bit here. Hey, James, would you like to keep this podcast episode going for another four hours? No. 
Hey, podcast listeners, all week, next week, it's Question of the Day live. You'll hear segments of the show that James and I recorded at the Bell House in Brooklyn in January. That's next week on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Here's a little taste of what you'll hear. Here's the question I have. You see all the time in the news, this billionaire, that billionaire, and I always think, and they always are like working, like they're building, now this billionaire is building a spaceship, or this billionaire is building like a time machine or whatever. Why doesn't a billionaire ever say, phew, that was hard work. Now I'm just gonna rest like I always told myself, I'm gonna just watch TV. Question of the Day is produced and mixed by Nathan Rossborough with Allison Hockenberry. 